Hello, friend. Welcome to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Michael McCurry. I greatly appreciate the fact that you've taken time out of your day to spend it right here with me on this radio program. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Psalms 107. Psalm 107, if you'll find your place there. I shared with you yesterday a personal illustration, the first of many that you'll hear this week, about some older men, some men with gray in their beards and hair, men that turned to me and said, how do we involve the younger generation? They were talking to me when I was about 25 years old. All of them were roughly double or more my age, and we were talking about a gospel crusade in the Akron-Canton area when I was an associate pastor in that area. And these older pastors, these senior saints, were talking about getting the young people involved, and then they realized they had a young person in their midst, and they turned to me and said, Brother Micah, how do we get your generation involved? And I said something akin to this. I haven't seen, or I should say, we haven't seen what you're talking about. You see, all of those men were reminiscing about the big gospel crusades of the past when thousands of people would gather and dozens and hundreds would accept Christ as their Savior. I said, my generation hasn't seen what you're talking about. I said, we must see it for ourselves. We understand with our heads what you're talking about, but we don't quite understand it with our hearts. And the men pondered that, those older men, and they said, yes, you do need to see it for yourself. And some months later, over a year later after that meeting, that gospel crusade went on, and hundreds and hundreds of people came, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I recall the numbers correctly, over 200 people came to know Christ as a result of the outreach efforts involved with that gospel crusade. And I'll tell you, friend, before that and at that point, at that meeting, and since then, I've seen God work in a marvelous way, and my invitation to you is found in Psalm 107, verse number 23. Psalm 107, 23. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Friend, my invitation today is very simple. I invite you to Come and see. Come and see. We read elsewhere in the book of Psalms that we must taste and see that the Lord is good. Well, friend, I tell you that, yes, he is good. For at time's sake, we won't turn there. But you'll find in the book of Esther, chapter 3 and verse number 13, allow me to paraphrase for just a moment, that a hateful man named Haman had obtained a, a decree of destruction upon all people, all men, women, and children. And on the 13th day of the 12th month, all of the Jewish people would be killed at his commandment. Now, that decree of destruction was stayed, was stopped by the work and by the prayer and by the bravery, the courage of a little Hebrew girl who happened to be the queen, 
Queen Esther, of course. That decree of destruction was overridden by a declaration of deliverance. Friend, today, I give you that short Bible illustration, as well as, in just a moment, a personal illustration to share with you that you must, that we must, come and see the precious Savior. Come and see the precious Savior. If you are here today and you don't know Christ as your personal uh, personal Savior, if you're under the sound of my voice, you're listening right now, whether you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, maybe you're listening by the airwaves on the radio, if you are listening to the podcast, the audio version, can I tell your friend that even though you can only hear what I'm saying right now, you can, if you so choose, you can come and see the precious Savior. He's the precious Savior of the world. I think about that. The fact that those Jewish people, they were condemned to death. Condemned, why? Because of who they were. They were Jewish people. Haman, that hateful man, he wanted all of the Jews to die. Friend, can I tell you that there is a race of people that are listening right now to me, right now at this precise moment, that are also condemned not to physical death, but to a spiritual death, a separation from God forever. You say, who are you talking about? What, what, what is this? Are, are, are you some sort, of a, a, some sort of racist, Brother Micah? Who, who are you talking about? What race of people, friend? No, the human race. Every single person under the sound of my voice If you were to slip off into eternity, and I pray that you don't today, but if you slipped off into eternity and took your last breath and you did so without Christ, friend, you would spend forever separated from him. You would die in your sins and go to hell simply because of who you are. I'm a human. You are too. And if we die in our humanity without Christ, then we will go to hell. Why were those Jews condemned? Because of who they were, but also because they had a hateful adversary. I mentioned his name already. His name was Haman in the book of Esther, but we have a hateful adversary as well. Oftentimes he's called Satan or Lucifer, the devil. Friend, that hateful adversary, let me put it to you this way. I think, actually I know that Lucifer, Satan likes taking atheists to hell. If you're one listening right now and you say, I don't believe in God, well, the Bible tells us that you will, without Christ, spend eternity in hell. Satan, Lucifer, he likes taking agnostics to hell. He likes taking Roman Catholics to hell. He likes taking Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and Presbyterians and Methodists and But I really think he gets a shiver up his spine and a gleam in his eye when Satan gets to take people of the book, people that would call themselves Christians, those that maybe even sat in a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching Christian church, maybe even a Baptist church on Sunday, when those type of people die in their sins, Satan really likes taking those people to hell. You say, what are you talking about? People that call themselves Christians can't go to hell, can they? Friend, 
The question isn't, do you know God? The question is, does he know you? Satan would love to convince you of the fact that you think you're saved. I'm not asking that anyone listening right now doubts their salvation. But I do invite you to come and see the precious Savior if you've never done so before. If you're trusting in your mama being a good Christian lady, if you're trusting in your daddy being a preacher, if you're trusting in your church attendance, if you're trusting in your tithes and offerings, I don't care if you give a red cent to Bible Tracks Incorporated, if you're trusting in the fact that you give money to charity or a nonprofit like ours, then friend, let me tell you this right now, you are, and please understand, I, I would shudder if my disposition offended you, but my Bible position, if it offends you, then friend, there's nothing I can do about it, because I'll tell you what, your money will not buy you a place in heaven. Calling yourself a Christian no dice, friend. It won't help you. Why were those Jews condemned? Because they had a hateful adversary. Because of who they were. Because they were helpless. Friend, let me tell you, if you died today and you don't know Christ, there's nothing you can do about it. After the point that you take your last breath, you are really and truly helpless. But even in the meanwhile, while you're still breathing, while you still have a pulse, there's nothing you can do for your salvation because he, Jesus Christ, already did everything. The question is, will you accept it? Come and see the precious Savior. The precious Savior of the world, but he's also the precious Savior of a few. We've talked in days past, but I recall so fondly the book of Mark chapter 6. Don't turn there for sake of time once again, but you can put it down in your notes if you'd like to and look it up. But in the book of Mark chapter number 6, Jesus enters his hometown in whatever union it should have been. He walks into his hometown and how do they treat him? Do they Treat him to a ticker tape parade? Do they tell him to come on down to the local mom and pop restaurant and tell him everything's on the house? Do they, do they give him obeisance? Do they treat him right? Do they fall down and worship him? No, friend. They're offended by him. They say mean things about him. They say, is not this the carpenter? Are not his brothers and sisters here with us? They had heard about what he had done previously, but they didn't care to see him do it there. And in the book of Mark chapter 6, just a few verses in, the Bible tells us that a sad, a sad statement that he, Jesus, could do no mighty work there. What a sad statement. They stifled. They slowed, they stymied the very work of Jesus Christ. God robed in human flesh. He could there do no mighty work. And that's often where most messages about Mark chapter 6 begin and end. He could there do no mighty work. But God recently brought to my attention the very next phrase. He could there do no mighty work save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk. Friend, I'm so glad that we serve a God that's still looking for a few sick folk. Tomorrow on the broadcast, I'm going to share with you a personal illustration 
of a young man that came to know Christ. I understand as an evangelist, oftentimes I'm just picking the fruit of a pastor and a church that's done so much for people. And I get to come in and preach a message and people walk the aisle and everyone thinks, oh, this evangelist, look at how well he preaches. Friend, no, I'm just picking other people's fruit. And tomorrow on the broadcast, I get to tell you about one of those occasions. A young man named Fred. You're going to want to listen to this story about Fred. Let me ask you, let me invite you to listen to the broadcast tomorrow right here on the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast and consider joining us for our grand opening on October 1st right here at Bible Tracks Incorporated. Have a great day for His glory. Listen in tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.